Anybody angry? Be real with yourself. Does you no good to fool yourself? Anybody angry? I think there's so many times that we're angry and we don't even know why we're angry. Anybody had a, have a chronic case of anger and you don't even remember where it started? Or what you were angry about? This series, we are going to be dealing with our anger and what is the root of it and the bad fruit and to let God get it out. Um, church, hear me, this is relevant to the church. Um, God shows us how to handle it. But we can be one thing on the outside and be completely different on the inside. A lot of people are trying to function in society and trying to function in a relationship, even in their relationship with God. And you know what? You can dress it up and you can take it to church and you can look real sweet when you get here. How many of you know you dress differently at church than you do anywhere else? I'm going I'm I'm to let that one by right there, Matt. I'm always very hard on, my, uh, on the boys that are dating my girls, so I'm going to try to just overlook that one. I may have an anger problem, but we're going to not address that. But you can dress it up. I don't typically dress like this. I typically like to wear a quarter zip uh, pullover and jeans or maybe kind of jean pants. These are kind of jean pants, but it's really not me. I don't like wearing dress shoes. I have flat feet. And my feet hurt, so these kind of shoes don't feel great. Um, but it's not about how I feel. It's, it's about the, how I look. Uh, and it's really what we do here in church is we come in and we act like everything's fine. Our marriages are fine. Our kids are fine. Our relationships are fine. Our stuff that we're kind of holding in the corner and in the dark are fine. We're just not going to let you see those today. And we dress it up. Um, I, I, want, I want you to know that that doesn't work. Um, there's a story that I read about a young woman who... Uh, whose father committed suicide when she was a teenager and she could never seem to get herself straightened out. Started drinking, started doing drugs, became a total mess, life completely fell apart. So she got into a ministry home and was beginning to get ministered to and received um, ministry. And the first thing she found out is that the problem started when her father committed suicide. And she never realized that she was angry at her father because he had left the family. And she could never get well. She could never stop drinking or stop taking drugs and still she stopped, until she stopped being angry. And I think that there are a lot of people that have a, a substance abuse problems, that have drinking problems, that have issues that if you were to go back to the root of it, you would find that it is anger. Maybe you're angry at God or maybe you're angry at what someone has done to you or maybe you're angry at yourself. I want you to know you can be angry at yourself. And it masks itself. Maybe angry at yourself for something that you did or didn't do. And we make excuses that sound good. But we wind up with a deep-rooted problem. Anger. Anger, anger is one letter away from... Anybody know? Thank you. Danger. And we could get kind of fun, kind of uh, goofy with our letters and say D could kind of represent Satan or the devil, which I think that it can. But anger and danger are two things that are not too far away from each other. And anger, I want to give you a very elementary 
definition? It's the condition where the tongue works faster than the mind. Let me give you a couple quotes. Ben Franklin. Whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. I'll give you another one. Anger is never without reason, but it seldom has a good one. Someone once said that someone once said rationalizing their outbursts, there's nothing wrong with me losing my temper temper. She said, I blow up and then it's all over. And then someone responded to her, Yeah, so does a shotgun, but look what it leaves. You know, I do think that sometimes, to be, to be very honest with you, I'm someone that, is, that, that likes to just kind of get it all out and then move on. But something that I've learned is with people that aren't that way is that when I get it all out on the table, I usually leave a wake, of, a wake behind me. Even though I have cleared the air, the air isn't clear. <laughs> I just think that it is. And I've had to learn to look at those around me and what impact am I having? And are we going in the right direction or not? So what good is it for me to clear the air if we don't get going in the right direction? Maybe I'm okay, but if those around me aren't okay, I'm not okay. When Abraham Lincoln had to write a letter to someone that irritated him, he would often write two letters. One that said how he felt and then one that handled the situation. I don't know if you ever watched The Office, but Pam, the receptionist, would always require that Michael Scott have two chances to react to the person calling them on the phone because his first one was so stupid and his second one was normal. We have an issue. But like Abraham Lincoln, just like David in the Psalms, David was great at sharing his feelings. David was great at dealing with what was banging around in his mind. If you ever go read the Psalms, it's really kind of uh, manic. It's going from, I hate everyone, they're all after me, nothing can go right, to, but God, you're good, and I trust you, and you know how to handle it. But wait a minute, this person did me wrong, and I hate them. Let them have, I always like this expression, gnashing of teeth. I don't really get it, but let them have gnashing of teeth. Let them die. He says harsh things. Let them dry up and die. But God, you're so good, and I'm just going to trust you in this situation. The key with David is not that necessarily his anger was great, but what was great is who he shared it with. He went to God with his anger. He went to God and let him have that. I want you to know that if most people would go to God with their anger, their anger would get dealt with. Because you know the difference between, ang- between God and an anger management counselor? God will help you through it. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. Not only will he walk with you and prepare you and teach you and grow you, but he'll take care of the enemy on the other side. Where a counselor is good and it helps you unwind and gain understanding, they don't go with you to help you get through your issue. God does. That's what the Holy Spirit is here for. 
is to go with you and to give you wisdom and guidance and truth. One of the main reasons that we have such an anger problem, I believe, is connected to our stress level. We are pushed to such a, we get to such a pressure point that we are just waiting to explode. I don't, I've fortunately never seen a pressure cooker explode, but I've heard about them. And they can kill you. And they make an incredible mess everywhere. And I can tell you that when my pressure cooker explodes, I make a mess everywhere. And it affects a lot of people. But stress so many times causes us to have issues with your schedule, with your job, with the pressures of everything that you've got going on. But I'm going to give you a word today. I'm going to give you a couple words today. But this one, I believe, will change your life if you'll listen to me just for a second. If you don't like your life, if you don't like your schedule, you made it. You can change it. You made it. You can change it. You may say, no, 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 my boss did. No. My boss can't make me do anything. I have to make that decision. I get a choice in what I do, even with the Lord. I get to choose. God is such a gracious, great Father God in my life that he does not force me to do anything. He lets me choose. I am where I am because of the decisions that I've made. If you don't like it, change it. That is a freeing word if you'll let that digest in. Some of you liked that word, some of you didn't. (laughs) But in order to be free of anything, you have to face the truth. And blaming and making excuses never gets you free. Never. It never helps change anything. So if you've made your schedule and you don't like it, change it. We think about things that get forced on us and we get mad and all these people are forcing us to do things, but nothing is stopping us from saying no. What's stopping you from saying no? We're afraid of what might happen. We're afraid we might lose a friendship. We're afraid that things won't go well for us. Well, these people that we're trying to please, that we're trying to do, we're doing the things that maybe we don't feel called to do or God's not calling us to do, but we're doing them anyway and we wind up angry and we don't understand and we're confused. These people you're trying to to please, you're probably going to lose them anyway. I once said we're trying to get people to do things that they're never capable of doing or never will do. So we need to just release. Dallas Willard, an American philosopher known for his writing on Christian spiritual formation, gave a great definition of anger. He says, anger is a feeling that seizes us in our body and immediately impels us toward interfering with one, possibly possibly even harming those who have thwarted our will and interfere with our lives. I don't know that you see it in this definition, but what I see is trying to control. Anger, typically the root of it is our intention to try to change what someone else is trying to do to us. But I want you to hear that there is nothing better than peace. Jehovah Shalom, I am the God your peace. There is nothing better than having peace. Even in a storm. So many of us last night went through so many storms. There is nothing better than in the storm to have peace. Because you can. 
Because peace actually means power in your life. If you want to have power in your life, more energy, you can't be angry. How many of us have had opportunities to be angry this week? Have you had a chance to be angry? How about this morning? How about five minutes ago? How many of us get mad over stupid stuff? I want you to think about, just think uh, in a marriage, how many fights have you had over stupid stuff? Maybe you don't get mad over road rage or want to pull somebody out of the car and beat them. Uh, but you get mad over, let me, let me, let me, give, you a def, let me give you something, trifling, uninformed, un edifying stupid controversy over ignorant questions. Anybody get get kind of frustrated with that? Well, there's scripture to deal with that specifically. Can we look at that? It says in 2 Timothy 2.23, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because they produce quarrels. (laughs) I'm going to really meddle. Should I do this? I'm going to. It's that time of year. Politics. How many families have split over conversations that didn't need to take place? You have an opinion. That's fine. Keep your opinion to yourself. If it's going to flare up a fire in your family. One time my my mom or dad or someone said, don't ever bring up politics at our family dinner. And this was on my dad's side. Old school. And I mean old school. So I just thought, what's going to happen? I'm probably 10. And I thought, I'm going to try it. And I'm telling you, World War III broke out. I could not believe who was yelling and screaming. The quiet people. The people I didn't even really have, never even heard them talk. You scare me. I don't really care how you believe now. I'm, I'm afraid of you. I didn't have a stance. I was 10 years old. But don't have anything to do with foolish, stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. What does that mean when a, when a thing comes up and you just know you're just going to pour gas on a fire? Stay out of the conversation. Just stay out of it. So... I think about how many days and years of my life I've wasted being angry over things that really didn't even matter. Trying to control people that I was never going to be able to control. Now, I'm not one that usually uh, handles it that way. I usually just shut down and disconnect. I know other people that like to get loud and passionate and kind of push their way through. That, uh, that's not always me. It can be. The Greek Vines Dictionary says that anger is the strongest of all passion. It's indignation, vengeance, and wrath. Anger begins with a feeling and, and can, but doesn't have to, progress into expression in words and actions. What happens? I feel angry and upset, so I vocalize it. I make you mad and angry and upset, and you vocalize it. And here we go on a uh, gerbil wheel that no one will get off. Some people live their entire marriage with that going on forever. That is no way to live. You can feel angry and upset. 
But I want you to know that we're going to learn in this, in this series that God gives us the power to stop our mouths. I do not have to behave like that. Even if someone else is, I don't have to. God has given me the power. I, I want to back up to this morning to what we sang because I believe someone is, um, there was too many points at death this morning in our worship that God has broken the power of death. And I believe there may be somebody here this morning that is really struggling, either with death of relationship, but maybe even possibly wanting to end your own life. And I want you to know God has given you the power over that thought that you have. And you may need some help. One thing that we're learning so much is that it, take, it takes a village. I know that Hillary Clinton said that, but she's right. It, well, but she kind of tooted it from the, she tooted it. She, um, whatever. We'll clip that out of the, of the audio file. She sounded it, yeah. But it's right. Don't, live, don't leave here feeling like you're alone and you have no option. Because you're not. It's a lie. I, I, I pray, I believe that what's happened is, is that as you sang those songs, that you began to get some hope. Can I tell you, that's the intention of the Lord. That's the intention of the church. Is that you come in here and you find hope. If that's you, I, I, me or one of our teammates want to talk with you. Don't know why I got just sidetracked right there, but we get on that wheel going around and around and around. And it can, it can progress into words and expression, but it doesn't have to because we do not have to allow our feelings to ruin our lives. Somebody say amen. So there's a couple types of anger. I'm just going to list three this morning and I'm going to close. Um, not all anger have the same characteristics. One type is characterized by quick blazing up and then subsiding. This happens when I go to Marty and Liz to get Brooke's shoes and somebody runs and grabs the shoes before me. I get really mad. This never happened. But somebody ever take your parking space in a parking lot? Oh. Whew. You probably don't believe it, but I'd say 30 minutes later, maybe even five minutes later, you've already forgot it. But you were ready to end the world at that moment. That person's lucky I'm not packing. I know you've had that thought. Some of you are packing heat right now. And I'm really kind of glad after what's been going on in our world. Um but not if you have an anger problem. <laughs> if you have an anger problem, you probably don't need to have a permit to carry a weapon. All anger is not the same. Another type is that type that settles at a settling, abiding condition in the mind uh, that winds up with a view to revenge. Now, this is the kind that can take root in you or me because we think it over and over and over and over. Let me tell you, if you don't deal with it, it'll grow into something false. It'll get way bigger than it ever was. How many of you have let anger just run its course and it became something that just lost control? You lost control and it wasn't even true. 
What I believed about X, what I believed about you wound up not even being true. I had a couple situations when I worked for another pastor, Pastor Matt, that if I didn't go and look him in the eye and discuss it with him, I would have believed a complete lie. But if I could get back to the truth and ask him, what did you mean by this? He didn't even remember it. What do you mean? It devastated me. It ended my life. I'm so sorry. I did not mean it this way. This is what I meant. Oh, well, cool. I could have not talked to him. How many of us don't talk to our bosses when we get hurt and we just allow it to grow and grow and grow? How many of us get hurt in marriage and allow it to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow? What someone has done to us and it grows out of proportion. So I'm going to ask you today to deal with this emotion of anger. Let God help you deal with the emotion of anger to not only get rid of, get rid of this repressed anger, but for you to be an example. We are to be examples of Christ. Church, if you follow the Lord, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, we are to be an example. We don't live in the world. We're not of the world. We're just in the world. We can't be of the world. We can't be like those others that are going off on us. We have to be different. The only way I can be different with someone that's going off on me in anger is that Christ be in me because it's my natural response to stand up and fight back. Now, the way you fight back may be different, but you fight back. Maybe you fight back by repressing. Maybe you fight back by controlling. Maybe you fight back by manipulating. Maybe you fight back by pouting. How do you handle it? Let me encourage you. Don't put a Christian bumper sticker on your car if you have road rage issues. I'm sorry, that stepped on some major toes right there. Well, let, let God step on your toes. If the word of God steps on your toes, they need to be stepped on. Anybody hear that? Joseph Garlington, an African-American bishop up in Pittsburgh, once had somebody, uh, one, of, one of the most respected people that I, that I have learned from, once was in a, like a Kroger parking lot and somebody took their parking space and he got out and just went off on them. And the person said, I'm so sorry, Pastor. He forgot. He said he wore one of the little collar things and forgot he had it on. <laughs> Killed him. I mean, it devastated him that he would behave that way. And then there's the last type of anger that we're going to talk about that's provoked to take action. This winds up being physical, yelling, hitting, damaging, throwing things, bringing harm to the focus of the anger, criticizing, withdrawing. Elizabeth just enjoyed sharing with my kids the way I used to break golf clubs on the golf course. That was a great conversation. I loved that. That was, that was fun. Yeah. And I only, I only, bro, I only bent, I only bent one golf, golf club ever. I threw a few, but I only bent one. And actually it's in my office in there. It's in the bathroom. Don't ask me why, but it is, it was a putter and I still have it. But let's be serious for a minute. Anger is doing so much damage to people's lives and to their health. Anger is bad for your health. I think any good doctor would tell you that carrying anger will hurt your health. 
if you will allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to work in you over this series, God's going to set you free from this. And not just from the situation that you're in, but from your entire anger condition. I believe that this is the Lord leading this. Sometimes, um, I think that we like to come in and just hear a good message, but God is not into just coming in and hearing a good message. God's into you changing. God's into you getting on the right track. God's into changing your course, your plan, your desire, your, um, your blessing. He gave everything for you to have everything, not just bits and pieces, but to have everything. God wants me to have everything that my heart desires. And, and as I close on this message, one of the biggest issues is that you're angry with yourself. Your anger can be, can be pointed toward yourself. And you wind up downgrading yourself. For 2020, I want to encourage you, don't say another negative thing about yourself. You were created specifically by the hand of God. He loves you. And He created you uniquely. And you make mistakes like we all do. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. Listen to me, but there's a lot more right with you than there is wrong. There's a lot more right with you than there is wrong. I'm going to leave you this morning with the, with the secret to success. Everybody ready? Read this and do what it says. You want your life to change? Read this and do what it says. One of the things on my heart for this year is righteousness. And scripture tells me that things seem right to a man but lead to death. That means even with my good intentions and a good heart and just going in the right direction as I think, it could be wrong. And the only way to righteousness is through Christ and that's through his word. Will you, come, will you come do that visual? We're going to close right here. You need a uh, tissue. Yeah. If you wanted to share something else, you can. But I want you to share this. Pastor Matt? Nah. Oh, math. Okay. Okay, so Bob Mumford, one of uh, a pastor teacher that we followed, talked about righteousness and how we're covered over with the righteousness of Christ. And so one time he did a uh, visual where, um, you know, the righteousness, we, we have the sin in our life, and the righteousness of Christ just comes and covers over us. And um, thank God for that, right? When, when God looks at me, he doesn't see all the errors that I've made, the mistakes that I've made, the moments that I shouldn't have had, the outbursts that I regret. 
He looks at me and he, he sees Jesus. Thank God for that. But one of the things that um, Bob Mumford did teach us is how that righteousness begins to get woven into our lives. And it becomes a part of who we are. And that righteousness becomes the very fabric of our lives. You know, it's, it's in us. That incorruptible seed of Jesus is in us. And so we get to a place where, you know, we're on this road. And he talked about, you know, read the word, follow God, do what it says. But, you know, when Christ is in us, you know what? We get those little convictions. We get those little things that drop into our spirit. And, and we, we know when we need to get back on track. So I just encourage you to be sensitive to the Lord in you and that we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're doing it together. And we're doing it with Jesus. So that picture that she showed was where we start with the Lord. And you may be here today and you may not know Jesus. You may be lost, you may be hurting, you may not know which way to go from here. But that's how your walk with the Lord starts, as He covers you. Everything that you've done, every hurt that you've done, every mistake that you've made, because of what Christ did on the cross for you, He never sinned. He is the pure Lamb of God. He went to the cross and died because we were sinners. And He died for that that sin. And He comes with what He deserved and covers us. And as we begin to walk with the Lord, that righteousness begins to sink in. How? Because I get to know His Word. Because I allow His Spirit to come in and to change me from the inside out but it starts from the outside in. He comes and covers me right where I am. That's an old song that we sang for years, just as I am. You may be here today and may need to make that first step. Would you do that today? It says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Would you receive Christ this morning? We all just pray with me. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just receive the righteousness of Christ today. We come in, even though we may even be believers, we come in dirty, we come in with mistakes and ask you again, Jesus, cover me again in your righteousness and help me to get into your word and be filled with your spirit and be changed by you and be different. Get in me so that that comes out, not my anger and not my my stuff, my emotions, but you, you flow through me. Change me, Lord Jesus. Change me. I just rededicate myself to learning your word and being filled with your spirit and being connected to your body. Change us, Lord. Give us a new direction, new vision, your plan for this year. Father God, you want to do it. Just bless us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen.